Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Uh, Luke Johnson in the Hattiesburg studio now back with us. I want to thank Lee Smithson from the Emergency Management Agency, former executive director, for joining us uh, in the first segment. This segment is sponsored by CampusBookmart.net. Stores closed, but the website is open, and they've got somebody there every day ready to take your order and ship it directly to your house. Just go to CampusBookmart.net. And uh, get your Southern Miss swag uh, delivered right to your front door. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald still honkered down in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Before we get to all the subject matter, uh, Patrick, how are you and how are things in the Big Easy? Uh, things are going pretty well for us. Uh, my girlfriend and I have been able to kind of steer clear of everything and mostly tried to isolate ourselves. It, it feels like everything's kind of settled into a, a, a new reality here on the uh, uh, here in New Orleans, so it's 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 uh, everybody's kind of adjusting and 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 uh, uh, realizing, you know, you got to take this seriously. And I think it's 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 become it's become a new reality right. in New Orleans, and it feels like it's not ending anytime real soon. I think you're right, Patrick. All right, I want to get to it now. Uh, big news this week uh, when the group of five commissioners get together, they ask the NCAA to maybe cut some sports to help them uh, get through this uh, financial nightmare they're now faced with. First uh, question, your your reaction to that request and your opinion as to how you think the NCAA will respond. Well, I would think the NCAA would probably grant some leeway on that. I don't know how far that would go. Uh, you know, honest, I don't, you know, it's tough. As long as you have Title IX in place, it's really uh, tough to mess with that very much. And the question becomes, you know, if you're a Southern Miss or somebody, what, which sport would you, you know, not play for like four years? I think they're asking for relief for four years. Um, so it, it, it sounds like a really, really complicated situation, uh, you know, from the standpoint of the NCAA and the university. So um, it, it, I, it makes sense that they would ask for this just because the money's going to be drying up significantly over the next, you know, it's already been pretty bad, but not having an NCAA tournament, which is a huge cash cow for the entire uh, entire NCAA. So it's it's difficult. Uh, it's going to be a tough year. Uh, you know, you know, all schools are going to suffer, not just the small ones. So uh, this is going to be difficult for everybody, and it makes sense that they're asking this. But I really don't know what steps you would make. Uh, maybe you don't have track for, a, a, you know, three or four years of your Southern Miss. I would certainly – think volleyball would have been a candidate something like that I, I guess you would have to cut one in girls and one in boys or something like that or men and women uh but yeah it, that's a really complicated situation now let me let me run this by and then we'll get luke involved i've got a i've got a friend he's a big southern miss supporter season ticket holder every sport sweet holder at baseball spends you know invests a lot of money in southern miss he says to me this morning unless there's a vaccine or there's a cure for this, I'm not sitting in a football stadium this fall, are you? And my answer to him was, no, I'm not. And, Patrick, I think a lot of people feel that way. So when you look ahead, what do you foresee for the football season? Well, I, I see games being, you know, if things are open up by the time September uh, rolls around, I see games being played in empty stadiums. Uh, I just don't see how you could uh, put people in that situation uh, with no uh, vaccine in place. 
I think there's you know there's a test out there where you can determine if if somebody's you know uh, 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 resistant to to the virus or they've already had it. Therefore, they're, they're they're less likely to get it. But I mean, how would you gauge that for people entering a football stadium? Right. Uh, with people walking around with ID cards saying, "Hey, I'm you know, I, I'm not vulnerable to COVID nineteen. I don't know." So uh, again, extremely complicated, and, and I just don't see how by September this gets resolved. Uh, I think maybe this, hopefully, this vaccine's in place well before you know uh, the year to. 18 months that they talked about early on, which I think is a possibility with, with as much focus as they're putting on it. But yeah, I don't, I don't see people in, 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 at football stadiums in, in September or even probably October. Luke Johnson, will there be football come August? Uh, not August. There's no way. And, and I don't, you know, again, we, what we've seen with the Mississippi High School Athletic Association was they kind of waited until schools got canceled. I kind of felt like, you know, nobody wanted to be the first person to make that decision. And so here's the thing. Uh, you talk about August. That's what we're, we're dealing with, um, with, with high school football. But I think they're going to, I think with high school football and they're going to follow what uh, college does. And Patrick, do you think it's going to be a, a, a college uh, does what in the NFL does, or the NFL is just going to kind of operate on what they want to do? No, I, I think the NC two A, the way they kind of put their neck out uh, early on with the NC two A tournament. I mean, you have to give the credit, credit NC two A how proactive they were on this. I mean, they were really the first organization, along with the NBA, uh, to really shut things down and really cancel NC two A tournament tournament, which they know is so vital uh, for everybody. So. I expect the NC2A to be extremely careful on this, and uh, I, I, I don't think we'll see football in August or September or October. You know, uh, maybe wow. November if things change. Uh, but it, there's that potential that we could have a football season start in January, and wow. maybe a, a somewhat truncated schedule. But um, go ahead. You know, we talked we talked about that yesterday. How are you going to pull that off with uh, with basketball and baseball? Is it just going to be a new normal, uh, or is it going to be where it's going to be almost a scheduling nightmare? Or are we going to have like weekends where we have in the spring where you have a football practice and then you have a baseball game after it? Yeah, I mean, it, it may be one of those things where we only have conference games played, you know, because uh, the conferences can easily arrange that. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be really, really tough. Uh, to the, the scheduling nightmare is there. I mean, it's, 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 it, it's, you know, the South, there's no reason that, you know, if there's a game that Southern Miss can pull off this year in terms of, you know, delaying and, uh, you know, and, and, and having a short trip, it's not really a complicated deal. It's the Southern Miss South Alabama game. Uh, uh, that seems like a game that would be easy to pull off, but uh, are you going to make the team travel to, you know, uh, El Paso or are you going to do, uh, some of these other things? And, and you see what Major League Baseball is going through. They're talking about breaking down division, not really following that. They're just going to put their teams in Arizona and Florida, and they would just play the teams that are closest to the spring training facility instead of kind of different divisions that way. So I don't, you know, <laughs> it's there's just so much that goes into this. I wish I was behind closed doors on these conversations, but uh, somebody's going to have to, you know, it, somebody's going to have to be really smart to figure this all out. Uh, Patrick, did you ever think you'd see anything like this in your career? No, I mean you always heard about the possibility of a pandemic, but you know, it, in the end, you don't really think of the the outcome and how it affects every segment of daily life. 
uh, you know, and I, I, I just that, that's why it's so hard for some people to accept it is just because they never thought about it before. Right. And here we are facing it. Now, I understand that's difficult, uh, but this was always a possibility. You just ha- hoped you'd be prepared as possible when, when it happened. And here we are, and obviously we weren't as prepared as we would have liked to have been. Uh, but, you know, credit has to be given to NC2A and some of these other organizations for just going ahead and shutting games down and not and preventing the spread of the virus. I mean, could you imagine if they had the NC2A tournament and all those conference tournaments had taken place and you keep putting 10,000, 16,000 people in arenas and how how that would have multiplied itself? Oh, my gosh. So right. uh, we still have to keep that in mind. I mean, there's a reason they're not playing games right now. And it's going to be really tough to do that before they have the vaccine. Not only do you have to have the vaccine in place, you got to va- vaccinate everybody. Correct. Uh, and that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, you have to give some credit to the NBA when you look back. I think it's when mm-hmm. the NBA canceled its season that millions of people went, whoa, what, what yeah. is this we're facing, right? I mean, the NBA really was in the forefront. Yeah, and they got the wake-up call because one of their players uh, tested positive. And, uh, and they saw the PR nightmare where Rudy Gobert is rubbing his hands on all those a microphone sitting up there in front of them, and they're thinking, "Gosh, you know, every, that was that was." I'll never forget that night. I was right. sitting in the press box at the Mississippi State Texas Tech baseball game in Biloxi, and we're just up there talking. Uh, I'm up there talking with other Mississippi State ba- beat writers, and we're just hearing different things about like every 20 minutes. It's, it's just it just kind of built to this point, and here we are, and uh, the reality is kind of sinking in, and and you hope people don't open things up too quickly and, and cause another spike. Right. Well, yeah, that that is exactly right. Look, Patrick, less than a minute. I'm going to ask you to hold on if you're not too busy. I, I want to talk to you sure. about the basketball and and uh, some other things. Also about the NFL draft. That believe it or not, we're actually going to have that uh, next Thursday night. That that'll be rather exciting. And uh, kind of get your take on uh, you know just what it's like being in in one of the epicenters of. Uh, of this COVID-19 uh, down there in New Orleans. And I guess we need to ask, while we have about 10 seconds left, how is Blue doing, Patrick? Actually, Bloom came in here at the very early part of this interview, and he has been groomed for the first time. Oh, uh, I see. And he looks like he's about 10 pounds lighter. Uh, <laughs> but he was he was climbing all over me. I was trying to keep my composure and, and do answer your first question. But I'll be checking out Blue here in a little bit. Well, I think Blue's one of the good stories about COVID-19, and uh, that's why I wanted to ask. All right, we're talking to Patrick (laughs) McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Patrick is down in New Orleans. We're going to continue our conversation. Uh, Basketball signs five recruits. We want to talk to you about that. Also, the NFL draft coming up. All sorts of good stuff to discuss with the professor when the Eagle Hour continues. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday, the third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street 
in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Lunch. That includes a drink. Check them out on Facebook and still offering that great curbside service for you and your family. Fourth Street, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. We continue with Patrick McGee from the Bluxy Sun-Herald. Patrick, uh, Golden Eagles uh, add, uh, the men's basketball Golden Eagles add five new names to the roster. Of course, we knew about Tay Hardy, and we'll talk about him in a minute. Really excited about uh, the point guard from uh, Pearl River. Um, but a, a name I know that Jay Ladner is excited about, uh, Javarzia Belton, and he's a big one. I mean, he is a big one. We lost Walner and we get Belton because he's 6'10", 275 pounds. Not only is he tall, but he's big down there. Uh, Golden Eagles also signed another Estonian, uh, a teammate of Artur Kanatsuk and uh, a local kid, Lee Robertson, Blake Roberts, and then Jaron Pierre out of New Orleans, Louisiana. What can you tell our listeners about these new signees? Well, just kind of, uh, I haven't seen any of these guys, uh, uh, you know, in person, but just going through them, what you can really judge is what kind of offers a lot of these guys had over their career. And pretty much every one of these guys, aside from, from Blake, who's a uh, preferred walk-on, it's one of those things to where uh, uh, you have uh, Division One offers, multiple offers for each one of these guys. Uh, Hardy's a former East Carolina player. Uh, uh, Belton, he had offers from Tra- College of Charleston, Drexel, uh, schools like that. He's 6'10", 275, and, and uh, here, here early, I guess, out of high school, at one point he had offers from Texas A&M and UNLV, Wichita State. It's not unusual to see that for you know big guys because you want to some of these larger programs will try to get on them and then maybe they kind of back off or back off after a year or two. But obviously he was still regarded as a guy that could be of impact guys at D one player. Uh, then in the Estonian, obviously I don't know about his D one offers, uh, but he's a former uh, uh, teammate of Kanasik and uh, he's six seven two hundred, another tall guy that can shoot. Uh, and if you've got two you know six seven you know. Uh, Estonians that can really shoot the outside ball. And I expect Kanasik to really kind of take a step forward. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of impact. But Pierre is is, is a guy that re- they really need. He's a 6'4", two-guard, and uh, he can score it. He averaged uh, 27 points. He had offers from uh, Mercer, Southeastern Louisiana, University of New Orleans. Uh, so we, all these guys, you know, uh, they're on the radar of other programs, and that really hasn't been the case for some of the guys that Southern has assigned in recent years. So uh, it looks like, you know, at the very least, Jay got quality in each one of these guys. Hmm. Pretty good, though, when you That's consider the, the tough year, too. <laughs> Say that again, uh, Luke. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you look at this, and with, with Drain coming back, um, you mm-hmm. it looks like we're going to lose Gabe Watson. But I, the point right. guard is taken care of. I mean, Tay Hardy he, he is a lock to start. Um, with, uh, with, with Pierre, you get length on the outside. But, I mean, th- does the signing of Pierre, does it help drain out that he didn't have to be a two, that he can hold down the three slot a little more? Yeah, it, it, you'll, you know, you've seen that. So, the miss, basically, you have a point guard and two two guards. Uh, you know, uh, you can, I know, uh, uh, Jay can work out, uh, Kanasik to the three and spots like that. So, I think overall, you look at this roster as being much more versatile. Uh, you see guys that can, you know, fit in. Uh, you, you, you know Tay's at your one, uh, but Kanatsik, uh, a Pierre, a, a Drain, uh, those are all guys that can move anywhere from the two to the four. And then maybe Belton becomes your five in there, along with uh, uh, your big six, Tyler Stevenson, 
uh, who had a really was really impressive season. Uh, so yeah, I mean maybe Stevenson can play the four, even though I think he he looks like more of a, a five to me. The more, the more you see of him, uh, but yeah, I, I think the roster makes a little bit more sense now for Jay Ladner going into year number two. And don't you have to say, Patrick, this big improvement at least on paper, he looks like he's really improved his ball team. Right. Well, it, you had to find a point guard, and that was really the one thing you had to do. And Tay Hardy, you have a guy that's got Division One experience, had a really good run at Pearl River Community College, uh, led them to exceptional season. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think having a guy that can really plug in immediately, you don't like losing Gabe Watson, but maybe he just wasn't a great fit in Ladner's program. Uh, but, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see where Watson lands, but all, all these pieces – Look like a basketball team. <laughs> right, They'll get up, right. get out there, and win sixteen or seventeen games remains to be seen. Uh, but this is a team that looks more of what you would expect out of a, a Division One roster. Right. All right. We're a week away from the NFL draft. I know you and Luke are big Atlanta Falcon fans. What do you what the, <laughs> What do you think uh, is going to be the big news coming out of the draft, Patrick? That, that it happens. I am not <laughs> starving. That you know, I, I need something to entertain me for just a, a, you know a couple of hours every day to make me think about something else, and think about sports, and, and it's gonna it's got to have the best ratings of any, any right. NFL draft in the history of the draft, just because it is like the one sporting event of consequence that's happened uh, so far this spring. So uh, I, I just you know I don't care what happens, I just want to be entertained. Is this guy's and you guys know more about this than me? We've talked about the two first picks ad nauseum. Uh, what do the Saints need to do in the draft, and uh, what do you think they go after to, to improve their roster? Uh, well, I'd like to see him go ahead and draft another receiver, but I'm you know an offensive minded guy. I, I mean, I know that Emmanuel Sanders is a big lift, but they just haven't had enough there uh, in the offense the last couple of seasons. They really need guys to help out. Michael Thomas. So I hope with the first pick or two that they take a receiver. And you, Luke? Well, Patrick was so uh, un- unimpressed about the loss of Von Bell the last time I asked him about it, so I, I won't even go with the defensive backfield. I was kind of heartbroken. I kind of liked the guy, and Patrick just was like, what, uh, whatever. So let's let's uh, Thomas Morstead's holding the most important position down. So, yeah, let's go to the receivers more for Drew to throw to. I'm with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a lot of angst down there, Patrick. As much love as there is for the New Orleans Saints, uh, uh, you know the, the the idea of the Saints not playing come September that that can't be settling well in New Orleans. No, and it, I you know the mayor came out and said that she doesn't see any large events happening in New Orleans the rest of the year. And uh, what's bigger, you know, what's small, you know, bigger than a Saints game where you have seventy two thousand people there. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there will be NFL games played. Probably not right, not exactly when they would like it to be, but I think at some point you'll see you'll see the NFL be able to follow kind of whether Major League Baseball has got something they're going to try. Uh, hopefully, the NFL can kind of learn from some other professional leagues. They can get up and going mm-hmm. and, and figure out some type of recipe. I mean, you, f- you would feel bad for the athletes if they're basically isolated uh, for several months, not really even being able to be around family or do other things, but. Uh, that, at this point, you know, if you don't have a, a vaccine, maybe they can figure out some way to just keep these teams isolated and play in empty stadiums. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's at this point, that's about the only way I see them playing games there uh, to start the season. So, Burrow, he goes to Cincinnati, first kid drafted, uh, tremendous year at LSU. But does that translate necessarily to being an NFL success, Patrick? Uh, well, it's going to be tough uh, with the Bengals as bad as they've been. 
uh, for him to be expected to step right in and really kind of get going. So I, I think Joe Burrow eventually will be a really good NFL quarterback, but uh, it's going to be a little bit of a learning curve. But you know, he's you know he's an older guy. He's been played a good bit of college football and played a really high level. It wouldn't surprise me if by year two he's you know close to a Pro Bowl type performer. Right. All right. Couple of minutes left. G- give us give us a feel and give our listeners a feel of of what it's like. Uh, when you're riding around, uh, you know, in New Orleans, it's such a bustling city, so alive and so unique in American culture. It, how different is it right now, Patrick? Well, I mean, there is kind of a just today. It's a beautiful day outside. My girlfriend went out and drove around a little bit uh, this afternoon, and there is traffic through the streets. You don't see as many people out and about walking. Uh, but it, what's so strange is just the closing of the restaurants and, and the bars and uh, those places just sitting there, uh, vacant. Tracy's a popular uh, bar on on magazine. They were taking a chance uh, today. They were in there cleaning and probably doing some uh, upgrades inside. So you know, so a lot of these places uh, are just trying to take advantage of the free time uh, to go in there and make changes to the to the restaurant. They're selling crawfish two to three days a week. You can go and pick it up. Uh, the only way, obviously, we've been eating any of these restaurants is, is going to their front door and they bring you the food. So. It's uh, it's weird being in New Orleans and and realizing you can't really go anywhere or do anything because there's always some some place to go and something to do. So right, it's it's I think it's a little bit less gloom and doom uh, in New Orleans at the moment. It was kind of a feeling of dread for a couple of for a couple of weeks, but people are kind of settling into a little bit of a routine, and I think that's what we've been able to do. My girlfriend and myself, and we just try to you know make the best of it and. And uh, she's a good cook, so she's keeping me fed. So uh, we're we're just we're 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 kind of settling into a routine and, and, and trying to keep our heads up. That's my problem. My wife's a really good cook, and we're stuck at home. And my my clothes are shrinking. I'm not sure if that has anything to do with the virus or not. But uh, I didn't I didn't know blue jeans could shrink. But apparently apparently I was wrong. <laughs> All right, Patrick, we appreciate you, buddy, and uh, we want you to stay safe down there. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, thanks, guys. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. All right, Luke and I will find Kelly Santer and uh, talk to him uh, when the show continues. Southern Miss to the top. The fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Also online, 
toyotaofhattiesburg.com. They can help you as you select a new vehicle, and Toyota is always a great option. We appreciate the folks at Toyota of Hattiesburg. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. First Bank been with us from the beginning, located out on Highway 98. It's the home of the Perfect Ten. Reggie Collier, go see him and uh, just all the great people at First Bank. We appreciate their sponsorship. Kelly John Sander running rogue or running wild and rogue somewhere um, in the Pine Belt. Kelly's just booking everybody he can. Uh, just found out Jay Ladner's going to be on the show. Kelly, is that right? Yeah, he's coming on Monday to talk about this uh, this recruiting class, which has a little bit of you know American flavor, has a little bit of uh, flavor from overseas. So really, really strong uh, recruiting class, including some big men. You know, so some presence inside that the Eagles have really needed for a while. So Coach Jay Ladner will be joining us on the Eagle Hour on Monday. Meanwhile, more fallout, you guys, from COVID-19, of course. Baylor University's president uh, issued an email to all personnel yesterday that going into next academic year, she is cutting budgets between, get this, between 60 and $80 million uh, at Baylor, thinking that uh, enrollment is going to be severely uh, cut because of because of the uh, outbreak, and of course Baylor is a private school, so um, you know tuition tends to be a little bit higher anyway. But she said gifts to the university are already down. She doesn't anticipate that uh, that any you know private funding would 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 increase. So the athletic department is included in those cuts. So between sixty and eighty going to be slashed from the Baylor budget over the next uh, two or three years. So. Uh, let, let me throw this at you, Kelly. CBS put up an article uh, this morning. They suggest that the top 100 athletic programs could pull away and form a negotiating alliance. Southern Miss was ranked 84th in football attendance and 125th in athletic revenue, just ahead of Albany and right behind Bowling Green. Now, if that were to happen, would Southern Miss be one of the 100? Well, you'd think you'd think it'd be right on the right on the border there. Um, you know, with, if you took the averages of 84th and 125th, you'd be almost right there. But but you would hope that they would predicate that on football, mm-hmm. and football is that higher number of, of 85th um, because that's football is the one that, that pays most of the bills. Right. The National Football League, meanwhile, is contemplating beginning the season. You know, maybe the first three or four games without any fans in the stands, and in order to figure out what that's like, they've been consulting with the Washington Redskins. <laughs> you just had to do that, didn't you? You just couldn't stop yourself, could you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's no different, Bob. Like I said, they they'd be used to it. Well, you know? uh, yeah, it'd be an you advantage. Know, one thing, one yeah. thing about the Bengals, Bob. One thing uh, about the Bengals is all the fans are in the stands, and there's nobody on the field. So there <laughs> that's you go. Exactly. They got a reverse problem. The fans well, show up, but the team doesn't in Cincinnati, right, Kelly? Well, they're 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 betting a lot on old young Joe Burrow. Uh, of course, the draft is one week from tonight, and it'll be televised. It'll be like no other draft you've ever seen, but it will certainly have large uh, implications. So, but one of the things, one of the things the NFL is contemplating is, and that wasn't a joke, is that they really are thinking about maybe beginning the season <laughs> with empty stands. But I just, I just don't know how that would work. It also wasn't a joke to say that'd be an advantage for Washington. They're, no, because like, them play. and yeah, them and Cincinnati, they they got a wow. lot of things going for them. Redskins players get nervous when there are a lot of people in the stands. They're they're you used know, to playing in front of a half empty stadium. Yeah, we have the the one Redskins fan was telling his buddy, he says, "Yeah, I was at the game Sunday," and the guy says, "That was you." Uh, <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this, Kelly. Minute and a half left. We asked Patrick about Joe Burrow, 
And great player at LSU, all the pub. You're a Cincinnati guy. You love the Cincinnati Bengals. Realistically, do you think Joe Burrow can come on this year and make a difference on the field for Cincinnati? No. And this is and this is supposed to be you know the highest quarterback prospect, even even better than Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. which I find you know hard to believe. But it was the best college football season ever by a quarterback ever mm-hmm. in the history of the NCAA, and against some very tough competition. But I just obviously I'd love to see it happen, but. You know, there's just there's just too much history going going the opposite way. So, right, right. of course, the other people, other folks would argue, well, it's about time that fortunes change for Cincinnati. But them and Cleveland and Detroit and a lot of those teams have been saying that for years and mm. hasn't changed. Right. So, so you think you think he's two or three years down the line, really helping the franchise? And if they give him some support, you know, Joe Joe Mixon's in the final year of his rookie contract. And he wants Christian McCaffrey type money, and I'm just not sure the Bengals are willing to do that. If Cincinnati drafts a running back next Thursday, I think they probably think in the back of their mind they're going to lose Joe Mixon mm-hmm. after after this year. And McCaffrey um, just became the highest paid running back in the history of the game. Is that not correct? That's right. And see, Alvin Kamara with the Saints, uh, he's he's done with his rookie contract after this year too. So they'll have Kamara and Mixon both out there next year as free agents. Right. Well, McCaffrey's a tremendous player, man. There's no question. Which I always get a kick out of that term, free agents, because they are anything but free. You got it. All right, Kelly, I want to remind you, I appreciate your booking the basketball coach. There is no extra compensation for booking. We have clarified that. They are always glad to be on the show, Bob. They love coming on. All right, Kelly. We'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. All right. Have a good day. All right. That wraps it up, everybody. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Mists. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.